You're listening to the Women in Western podcast hosted by Christina Miller and Cheyenne Draves, a lifestyle podcast where we discuss everything from faith to family, business and fitness with emphasis on the glam and grit of women in the Western lifestyle community. Grab a coffee and go for a walk or a drive. Let's chat and inspire each other to be the best version of ourselves. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Women in Western podcast. We are so excited today. Uh, We are doing a guest episode this week, which is going to be really fun. But uh, just kind of starting us off with our highlights of the week, Cheyenne, what was your highlight for this week? Hello, Christina. Okay, well, my highlight of the week um, would have to be our little weekend trip. When we started doing this podcast, Christina, I didn't realize how much I travel and do things on the weekends, but it seems like every single weekend I'm doing something crazy. Uh, This weekend was no exception. We, you know, it was Father's Day, so we wanted to celebrate my dad and my daughter's dad, Josh, my husband. So we decided to go up north to Wyoming and go to this lake that we've been trying to go to for quite a while. It's about like three and a half hours north of us, um, Glendo Lake in Wyoming. And we booked a spot to go camping. Thankfully, we just took my parents' um, fifth wheel. We didn't have to take our tent. We've been doing a lot of tent camping recently. And with a one-year-old, that's so much fun. (laughs) So we were thankfully able to take the um, fifth wheel and go camping. And while Josephine is still like adjusting to being able to sleep okay while we're traveling, that's like our biggest thing. um, It was still a really fun weekend. The weather was amazing. It was really hot, but we were able to go out on the lake. It's a beautiful lake. My husband is like a diehard fisherman. Um, he grew up hunt. Uh, he grew up fishing on the Great Lakes of Michigan. So walleye fishing is like his love language. And so I'm just really thankful that we were able to go out there and do that. He caught a bunch of walleye. Um, was able to take it home, and yeah, it was a really fun weekend. Um, just spending time with family and being able to to let my husband go do what he loves. Um, but Christina, what was your highlight of the week this week? That sounds like it was a lot of fun. Um, my highlight is, which I haven't talked about this anywhere, really. I'm sure people have probably seen it a little bit on social, but I no longer own any horses, and it's really kind of weird. But my highlight is that a couple of weeks ago, um, I gave my horse to a family member, and she um, has been running him up in northern Colorado, and they're just doing so, so well. Like not having a horse is really weird for me. And it it was definitely a hard decision (laughs) that I had made to um, give him away, but it just was something that needed to happen at like where I'm at in this point in in life. And so um, making a hard decision and now just being so happy because my horse is so happy with his new girl and they're doing so well together. And she uh, has just been winning all over on him. So it's just been really great. It's definitely a highlight to um, to see them become such an amazing team together, even though it was something that was hard for me to do. How cool is that to be able to see a horse that you've just spent all this time into and see him see him start to win and like fulfill a bunch of goals for someone. That's amazing. And that doesn't mean that you're never going to own a horse again, but just seasons of life change and we got to, you know, make decisions. I know it kind of sucks for you to not have one right now, but that is so cool to be able to see him do such cool things for someone else. 
Yes, most definitely. Um, so getting just right into it today, we're really excited about this interview because it's something that I think a lot of um, us sometimes have questions about, but it's just rarely talked about. So today we have Shay Harrington on as a guest, and she's going to be talking about um, just kind of her journey up to her breast augmentation and kind of some things that were surprising to her. Um, after surgery that she wished people talked more about and just kind of the challenges with uh, social media and people having a lot of questions. Exactly. No, I think this is going to be such a great episode and it is definitely a little different than anything we've ever done, but that's what this podcast is for is just people being able to tell their stories and tell a story that they're not able to tell in detail on other platforms. So we're just really thankful for this platform to be able to um, share other people's experiences and stories with you guys. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Shay Harrington. We are so excited to have you here, girl. Why don't you start us out by introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about you. We want to know where you're from, what you do for a living. We want to hear about your family, business, all the things. Okay. Hi. I feel like every time I do a podcast, I have to start it out with my signature. Hi. And it just, it's never going to go away. (laughs) But yes, I'm Shay. I am a social media manager. I am an Advocare distributor and Champions Council member. And I'm a mom. I have two beautiful toddlers. They are three and five years old. Well, they'll be three and five in August. So they both have a birthday coming up and we live in Lumberton, Texas. And I am a power fit empowerment coach. I've been doing power fit for about two years now. Uh, And that's how I met you guys at our Nashville meetup. Yes, we were so excited to meet all the ladies there. Nashville was so much fun. If you guys haven't already listened to our episode um, from two weeks ago, we recapped the trip. It was so much fun, and we had a lot of um, good times with all the PowerFit ladies. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your introduction to PowerFit and kind of how that led into last year's um, challenge. There was a 10K challenge. Yeah, so I actually had my two-year-old. He'll be three in August, but I had him... Uh, in 2019. And so in 2020, I was still probably about 50 pounds overweight, even after all the baby weight, like didn't go away. So I started working out on my own and eventually found PowerFit online. Um, Actually started in October of 2020. And shortly after that, I decided I would like to become an influencer. And I was a, uh, I was in an empowerment coaching group. So Madeline was my coach and I got motivated to join the 10 K challenge at the end of that year, because I had seen, um, one of our other influencers, her name's Lindsay. Um, she had won like one of the, one of the like one month challenges. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to do the next challenge. I want to win a thousand dollars so I can pay for a pool cabana at the golden nugget. (laughs) That was my motivation. I just want a cabana. So come full circle in January, when they announced everything, they were like, Oh yeah, by the way, it's a $10,000 challenge. And I was like, well, I can get 10 cabanas. So let's do it. And I ended up winning that challenge. And fun fact, I did not ever use it for a cabana. 
now that I think about it, but I, uh, I decided because it was a 10 K challenge for the entire, um, for the entire six months, uh, it was split between, I believe the top four, we all won prizes. So my prize, um, if I don't know if you've seen my photo with the big hot pink check, but it was actually, I won $6,000. So I actually used that towards my breast lift and augmentation that I had last year in September. And we really want to dive into your experiences and your, like everything that you've gone through and done with your breast augmentation. There are so many people out there that want to get this done. And I just feel like there's not enough info on the internet from people that have had, you know, that have gone through it. No one was, not a lot of people are willing to share. And we're so thankful that you're willing to share a lot about like your decision to get a breast augmentation, your surgery itself, any like post, you know, recovery complications, your feelings about the surgery. If you, you know, regret it, if you would do it again, um, just stuff like that. We really want to get into it. So please use our platform to tell us your story about your breast augmentation. Well, you're absolutely right. Nobody really talks about it. Like surgery on the internet is so taboo right now. Like the first thing that someone says when someone loses weight right now is, well, did you have weight loss surgery? Like that is just like the first thing that people assume at this point in like Instagram world. And I mean, there are a thousand different surgeries that happen all the time that are whether it's like required or not, like having that surgery was something that I did for myself, for my confidence and, you know, my mental health, because I, I mean, I felt great after winning that challenge, but I'm going to tell y'all like after almost 85 pounds worth of weight loss, like I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. And I still to this day, like struggle with like body dysmorphia. Like there's, a, I, I've always got something that I'm working towards as far as like how I want to feel. Well, and also like someone that's also gone through that, like I lost about 25 to 30 pounds earlier this year, like a few months after stopping breastfeeding my daughter. And no one really talks about like, what's going to happen to your breasts when you lose weight. And after you've breastfed a baby, like it, and it's your whole body, obviously you look at it way different, but your breasts mm -hmm. in general, like that's not something that I've really been super open about on the internet. But right now I'm like, these things look so much different and feel, I don't feel like myself anymore. It's just all different. Exactly. So when I started my, I'll just say like weight loss journey at a hundred, no, I'm sorry, 225 pounds. Um, I had wonderful double D's pre kids. Um, I had four years worth of breastfeeding and then another you include two years worth of weight loss in that. And if you can imagine what double D's look like after you deflate them, that's what I was left with. And I was trying my best to feel confident. And, you know, as a mother, it was like such a gratifying thing that I got to do that for my kids. But I still, every day I looked in the mirror, I was depressed about like, what I was left with. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to work so hard that I'm going to, even if I only make it like in the top 10 and I get that thousand dollars, like I'm not spending that on the cabana. I'm putting that towards um, my breast lift and augmentation. And even if it takes me 
two years worth of saving for me to afford that. Like that's what I'm going to do. And just winning $6,000 made it so much easier. And I mean, obviously it was like, it honestly, it was like almost 10 grand just for the lift and augmentation. So uh, that definitely helped. But like you said, like you, you completely feel and look different after you've gone through that weight loss journey and, you know, nursing your kids, you're, you're not left with much afterwards. And there's always this joke about, um, we call them little chicken cutlets. They're like these almost like little silicone, little fake things that you can put in your bra and like almost like the, the 2020 version of, you know, a push-up bra, but um, when you don't have anything to go in that push-up bra, it doesn't help you much. Yeah, I could not imagine wearing one of those right now because I feel like they would just fold in half. <laughs> <laughs> there would be no lift. It would just be like a fold. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't fun. And I, I honestly, I can't wait for my before and after photos because I'm only like, what, like nine months out since my surgery. Oh, I had it in September last year, but I'm not quite ready for my before and after photos yet. Um, mainly because like my surgery, uh, I still have a complication. So as far as like recovery, I'll, I'll circle back to that, but here we are in June and I have to get one of them fixed, um, actually in about like two weeks after this current challenge is over. Um, so I have another two weeks worth of the new $20,000 power fit challenge that's going to end. And I'm also finishing up 75 hard. So I wanted to wait for all of that to wrap up to be over with before I got my, my right breast lowered so that they match. <laughs> they don't match right now. So once you decided to go ahead and move forward with the augmentation, like kind of start us out in the beginning as far as how the process works. So I actually called around. I did so much research. Like we're big fans of like the botched show so we kind of knew what to look for and what not to look for um but I I made consultation appointments with three different surgeons and I ended up deciding uh to cancel one of them just because of the travel I didn't want to have to worry about like going to New Orleans four different times uh which would be like a four-hour drive well eight-hour round trip um, and then the one in Houston, I was like, I'll go to that one next. But I ended up going to my consultation uh, with Dr. Ha. I went to Orange, which is only about a 40 minute drive for me. Um, but I really liked his before and after photos. And he has, you know, a lot on Instagram of specifically his work doing breast lifts. So like getting implants is one thing, but having a breast lift is it's almost like a reconstruction because you have um what's left of you know or what I had was what what was left of a, a very large area plus a lot of excess skin so he basically had to create a smaller like pocket for that implant to fit in completely move it up and when I say move it up I mean like my entire like nipple had to be moved up and the whole entire size had to be changed before he could even like put an implant in there. But um, I made the consultation. It was actually for a Saturday. So he does a lot of his surgery work during the week. And then he does his consultations on Saturday. I just had a friend go and 
have her consultation. She's getting hers done. I'm so excited for her. But um, when I tell y'all, I spent four hours in his office looking at photos. He has photo albums for the last like 20 years worth of um, lifts. I mean, I looked at books just of lifts and I wanted to find a person that looked kind of like me and I wanted to see her after photo. And he also takes a lot of time to like meticulously, like you're covered in Sharpie marker basically at the end of your appointment. But um, so be prepared if you're going to get like in the pool or something, but he shows you exactly like which direction everything is going to be moved in and how he's going to do it and his plan. Um, and I, I was just so impressed with, it was almost like an art form of like how he planned to, to move everything for me. And then, um, I scheduled for like a month later. So there was a few things I had to do. I knew that I wouldn't be able to do a lot of upper body, like working out. So I wanted to make sure I did as many push-ups as I could. So I wouldn't feel like I lost like muscle mass. And I also had to, um, I had to start taking fish oil. I hadn't been taking that. So, you know, there's a couple of little life adjustments that I had to make. Um, but once the recovery process started, I, I did, I did struggle there. So that's something that nobody warned me about, I guess. I mean, they, <laughs> I do remember Dr. Ha saying like, you're going to hate me for a little while, but I thought maybe I would just be like in pain, but like literally he meant I would hate him because I was completely unhappy. Like they call it surgery depression for a reason. And that process was uh, not great for me. I, I woke up with what I thought was like four breasts. So if you can imagine your implants are way up top, like collarbone way up there. And when you have a lift, obviously there are a lot of scars and a lot of incisions you know, they basically make like a, like an anchor, almost like a lollipop, if you can imagine. So all of that has to heal before your implant can, as they say, drop into the pocket. And I was not expecting that. Like I wanted to wake up and look like those girls in all those photos. And I wanted to feel, you know, more confident about how I looked. And for the longest time I was even more unconfident than what I started. So it was a, it was a big struggle for me to like get past that. Um, and I, I thought, you know what? No one warned me. I have friends that have had breast lifts and augmentations and no one told me like how upset I would be when I woke up and didn't look like those photos. And they're like, oh yeah, that takes a while. They're going to be up there for a while. And I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> so nice of y'all. Yeah. So, I mean, with the, with the scars that you have or the incisions that they make, you do have to baby them. So they don't want you working out like a week later. They want, you know, a couple of weeks of recovery to let everything heal. Um, and so not being able to work out, like he warned me, if, if you're going to have a hard time just completely not going to the gym, if that's going to affect your mental health, then go for a walk, go get on the treadmill, you know, hold on for dear life. Do not fall on the treadmill, but like, take it slow, go for a walk, whatever you have to do to make sure that you're okay. 
um, because I obviously wasn't. Um, but I had a hard time with my incisions healing. I don't know if this is something very common, but the stitches that I had, literally your stitches are on the inside. They were coming out. Like they're supposed to dissolve on their own, like in internally, but mine were like, yeah, no, this is not where we want to be. So they were like coming out, like escaping the situation. So my scars were not healing. My incisions were still open. I kept having to re, you know, re go, I was going back to orange once a week for them to um, check on my incisions, make sure that they were healing properly. And there were places that had kind of like essentially like popped open that we had to, and this is going to sound crazy, but we had to pack those little holes with, I don't even know what it's called. It was like a green powder that's supposed to help your healing process. And it was miserable. It was disgusting. It was green powder that when it got wet, it, it, it turned into what looked like a booger, a green little wet booger all over my top half. I had like four little spots that literally just would not heal. I kept having to go back and forth and it was miserable. And then once they finally healed, I was able to start like the massage process where you're like, okay, you're, you're basically pushing the implant into the spot that he created. And how far post-op is this? So how many months after are you actually starting to do that and start to move around a little bit more? So I had the surgery in September and I wasn't able to start my like massaging process until December. So it was a lot later than what it should have been for, for me. Most people can probably start at like two months or three or whatever. But um, like I remember going to the Power Fit Christmas party in uh, College Station we had at Randa's house. And I was still, they were still pretty high up there. So that's why that hot pink dress I wore was like high neck covered my chest like everybody was like oh let's see the girls and I was like mm, they're, they're not ready <laughs> so you know and that essentially I still had you know those really high implants and then I had the pocket of like the second pair of boobs like underneath so they're very at that point they're very rectangular so you have like a long rectangular look and it's it's not cute in a lot of outfits so Lots of sports bras and lots of high necks for my attire. <laughs> so how long did it take for the scars to finally heal and get over that like suture reaction that you had? And then once you started being able to like massage them down, did they eventually go down into the the place they were supposed to? I mean, we're here in it's June now post-op. Yeah. So this is about six months after that, you mm -hmm. know, December when you're just starting to, you know, kind of like massage them down. So what happens in the next six months? So in, uh, in December, I started massaging them and I didn't see much movement. So they gave me like this strap to wear while I sleep to kind of push them down while I was sleeping. So I slept on my back, I wore the device and they weren't moving very much. Well, every day when I got naked, I pushed them down. I massaged them every day, every time I was naked. And I changed clothes three times a day. Like I work out, I wear work clothes, I wear pajamas, if not a second pair of workout clothes. And in April, I went to Charleston for an advocate trip. And I, my roomie was one of my, one of my good friends who had also had a breast lift, also had an augmentation. She was so much help throughout the whole process. She was like, what, why, why is this one still way up here? And I'm like, well, this one's doing great. 
she's she's fallen down into her spot but this one she's uh maybe just I don't know not not going down as fast I don't know but she was like hey you really need to you need to you need to talk to your surgeon like they're not going and at this point in April I'm not going back to see my surgeon all the time like I was between like September and December so she said make an appointment and at that point I didn't really think that there was a huge difference because they were both pretty much still really high and so when I called and scheduled they're like yeah we really need to wait like six months until um you know you start massaging them to see if there's a complication and at that point I was like right at the end of five months so they're like okay we'll see you in May come see us in May and um I went had a a a follow-up or checkup and they're like oh yeah she's stuck that's that's not going anywhere so I was mortified I was like did I mess it up did I did I work out too soon was my stitches an issue like was it, is my muscle like not letting it down? Because these are actually under my muscle. And the, the explanation that I got is there's, honestly, there's no real science to some form of perfection with breast lifts and augmentations. Like you sign a, a bunch of paperwork when you get any kind of plastic surgery done saying like, they are not God. They are literally like doctors and you're going to get what you're going to get. Like if you're, if you're hoping for perfection with plastic surgery, you're never going to stop with plastic surgery. So the plan is he's going to go in, in my original incision underneath where it looks like an anchor and he's got to go in there and, and move it. And hopefully everything's fine and it's maybe just my muscle was too tight and it didn't let it fall down. Uh, I'm pretty optimistic that it's just a little nip and tuck and it's just going to fall right into place and I'll, I'll feel better. But there's no guarantee with, I mean, I've since I realized this a few months ago that it's not falling down and since so many people have pointed it out and noticed it, I've also found that it's pretty common to not get what you want when you get a breast lift and augmentation. They might not be as big or they might be too big or they might not be the shape that you want, but that's just the risk that you take when someone cuts into your body and hopefully changes it for you. So what are your feelings now kind of surrounding surgery? Like after this has happened, um, going into your next one in July, how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I only have a few weeks and I'm, going into it, I'm more prepared to not let myself fall into a surgery depression, not let myself be so upset when I wake up. Um, I've already kind of like planned my life around being home for a few more weeks and uh, working from home and being able to like do some website design and, and work on a big project at work while I'm here recovering. But I've also decided like, this isn't going to scare me away. Like, and not, and it's it's honestly like not the surgeon's fault. It's not my body's fault. It's just, it just happens. And I still to this day, I recommend him. And I know that there are people who feel differently about every different surgeon out there. And, um, you know, they might, they might feel some kind of way or feel like, they don't want to trust that person again, but I wouldn't go to anyone else to fix this. And I wouldn't go to anyone else to have anything else done. And to be honest, like I've already thought about having my stomach done by him. I've already done the consultation process with him. I just don't want to pay that much for someone to remove 
a large amount of skin from my stomach because I had two very large, large babies. And so I have that, like, I don't, I don't want to say it, but it's almost like a kangaroo, like pouch or some people call it their donut or their mom pooch or whatever. There's all kinds of different names for that specific area. But if there's an outfit that's, you know, too form fitting in that area, then I won't wear it. But I, I mean, I feel great in most outfits, a lot of high-waisted workout shorts and pants, but when it comes to me, like just wearing a bikini, that's not high-waisted, I'm not confident. And I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to look at my entire body and be like, I worked so hard, but I'm still stuck with this. I don't want to feel that way. And I don't want to, I also don't want to spend $10,000 to fix it, but you know, like you just kind of choose your battle. (laughs) And so I have thought about doing it. I just, you know, I'm, I'm still undecided if it's something that I'm willing to spend money on. I'd rather like take my kids to Disney. Right. And I've seen a ton of that on um, TikTok recently because I, I think my For You page has picked up that I'm super into like fitness and weight loss and, and strength training. And I've seen quite a bit of um, people get a, um, you know, a skin removal surgery because after you lose a significant amount of weight, like that's something you can't work on on the gym. <laughs> it's yeah. there. So I totally understand the feelings around wanting to get that done. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like you're still really confident in your decision that you had made. You don't have any regrets, which I absolutely love because that was something that I was interested in knowing about mm-hmm. after experiencing all these complications, if you regretted anything. And it it sounds like you, you don't. Um, going into this though, you touched a lot on it and you kind of, you know, have already said a lot about it, but what are some things that you would want people to be more aware of if they're going into this situation or they're going into, um, wanting surgery? What do you think they should be aware of going into it? I think that, and I've honestly thought about talking to my surgeon about this, like you need to have, cause he has all these really cool videos of like explaining things during the consultation. Like he brings in a laptop And he steps out of the room and he lets you watch this video that, you know, gives you a description of certain things or gives you kind of a, an idea of like what your first, you know, your day before surgery is going to be like, but there needs to be a video recorded and I volunteer as tribute. I will record it and it needs to be handed to the person waking up from their surgery and be like, hi, beautiful. Good morning. So glad you're awake. Welcome back. So here's the thing. <laughs> You're going to be in a pretty yucky mood when you look in the mirror. But I just want to warn you that you are gorgeous. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to have four boobs. So let's just talk about that for a second. <laughs> if someone would have handed me an iPad and I would have watched that video, I would have been like, let's see this. Let's see the boobs. Let's see all four of them. And it would have helped, I think. Yeah. Just set you up with like a really realistic expectation. I mean, I'll send that video to every plastic surgeon in Southeast Texas. I will do that for them, but, um, new business venture. You're going to be the new, um, boob lady. So go ahead and record that. We can get a production team, make it happen. Hashtag shaping post-op news. (laughs) 
Yeah. I love it. Um, I want to kind of transition um, into less of like your personal experiences with just the surgery alone and like the whole process of recovery and like your complications and kind of go into something that everyone will probably struggle with if they're interested in any kind of augmentation to their to their body, whether that be breast augmentation, you know, plastic surgery, injections, Botox, anything like that. Um, do you, did you experience any criticism, um, post augmentation? And we kind of want to talk about that a little bit and how you've dealt with that. Yeah, girl. So, um, with any amount of weight loss, you look different. I mean, my skin looks different. My facial structure looks different. Your whole body changes when you obviously like when you become a mom and your body looks different after you've made a human. Um, but even, you know, especially after having procedures done, everyone has an opinion about everything and they think that you should know it. And, um, unfortunately, even if they're a stranger or they're, you know, a distant relative or friend, they, you know, they don't think about how those opinions and their words can affect someone. So, I, I've definitely been experiencing it even before having a breast lift and augmentation. I mean, there's a whole fan club of people that have, have rumored that I've had my, my nose done, but I'm like, Hey, I lost weight and I realized how to contour. So, I mean, it'd be cool, but I mean, there was nothing wrong with my nose in the first place. And I just, I just have a skinnier face now. And unfortunately with having a skinnier face, it means I have sagging skin. So I've been taking care of that with Botox and fillers for a few years. And I, I don't feel like it hurts anyone else. It just hurts my face when they prick the little needle in there and then it doesn't hurt anymore. Um, you just have to maintain it. That's the only, and it hurts your wallet, obviously, but it doesn't hurt the environment. It doesn't hurt my kids. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect anybody. It just makes me feel better about myself. and you know, for the longest time I would smile and my top lip would disappear. And I would look at the photo that I was in with everyone else. And I was the only one that didn't have a top lip. And I have these huge, I mean, I have huge teeth. I don't know where I got them, but like showing them off with no top lip, I got made fun of so hard for almost 30 years. Like, whoa, okay. Horse mouth, you know, like those little comments they always stick with you. Like I've always had frizzy hair. I've always had this huge Mufasa Lion King Afro hair for, for, for whatever reason. My last name is also Harrington. So I got picked on for that, but I now know how to get a keratin treatment. So, <laughs> so I, I did, I made a reel recently on Instagram about how negative comments and and DMs and hurtful words. Um, I'm just using them as as fuel for the fire to to keep going. And and it's true. Like I I think about it every time I post something. I'm like, well, someone's gonna say something about my outfit, or someone's gonna say something about my crooked boob, or someone's gonna say, did you get botched, or uh, someone's gonna say Botox much, or you know all the different hateful things that people can say. But as soon as I start thinking that way, I have to stop myself and be like, you know what, even though that one person might say something ugly, I'm likely going to get about five DMs from some person who's like, Hey, that's what I needed to see today. I'm going to go to the gym in the morning 
like, I know you get up early. Can you text me and make sure that I get up? And so it makes it worth it. It makes me keep going. It makes me keep posting and keep motivating people. Um, but it does suck. It does. It's, you know, people are ugly. Um, but Hey, you know what? Haters are going to hate and they're going to keep drinking that hater aid all day. <laughs> exactly. And well, like you had said earlier, um, it, it's not hurting anyone. Like mm-hmm. as human beings on this earth, it's not hurting anyone. Like right. your husband, not hurting him. Like your kids, I watch your Instagram stories all the time. Like it's not hurting your daughter for her to see you take care of yourself and want to be the best version of yourself. If anything, it's helping her strive for like perfection. Like you're you're not hurting a single human being. It's it's just the ease of social media of these this day and age. It's so easy to to tear someone down, make a fake account and say something. Or some yeah. people are really ballsy and they don't make a fake account and they still post mm-hmm. stuff. And they think that these, you know, women that are, are posting a ton on social media, like, I don't know if sometimes people think that like, oh, like I'm just going to DM or, or make a comment or say something mm-hmm. and they're not going to see it because they see a bunch of other stuff. And then they see it and they're like, oh. <laughs> you saw my hateful comment. I think that's so common. Well, my big thing right now is I just delete it so that no one else can see what they're saying. And then I know it sounds bad, but I don't want them to get attacked in my comment section. Like as, as hurtful as they are being to me, whether they know it or care or even realize what they're saying is, you know, it's hurtful, whether they realize it or not. I don't want them to get roasted in my comment section because my friends don't play. Like they will come for you. They will pick you apart. Like, Hey, you want to talk crap about our friend? Like let's go. And they'll, they'll roast them. And you know what? That person will probably think twice about what they say in someone's comments, but I don't want to be a facilitator or even like make, make it okay for someone else to get like, bullied essentially on my platform. So delete and block, just delete and block. No one has to see it. No one has to know that it was that I don't even give them the satisfaction of like a reply. Um, and the great thing about having an Apple watch is a lot of times if someone DMs me, I can see it on my watch and they won't even know that I read it. So I can just delete it. And they, they don't get the satisfaction of like the read receipt. It's just been, you know, lost in the internet (laughs) well I love how positively you are able to handle all the haters because social media is hard (laughs) it is it's so hard and I feel so bad for for people who don't have tough skin or people who like I mean I started out getting bullied as a kid so I've got some tough skin like I I know that there are people out there who are more sensitive than I am and they probably have never experienced something like that and they don't handle it well. And then they don't post anymore. And that's what sucks is like, they're scared to share their journey that could help someone else. And I know that there are, are influencers like within the PowerFit community that we have that have experienced, you know, ugly comments and stuff like that. And, and then they, they don't do it anymore. So then they, if they're not consistently posting their journey, they're not even like consistently working out. And so it affects their progress and, you know, they might fall off and not work out for two months because someone said that they looked chunky in their new leggings or something like, you know what, sometimes I feel like a boudin in my buff bunny leggings too, but that doesn't mean it's okay for someone to like point it out. 
And what I've heard before is hurt people hurt people. So people yes. that are hurting themselves are the ones that are going to hurt others. So if someone's making an ugly comment to you, that's just them dealing with their own garbage. Exactly. There's no way to succeed with all that hate. No. We have absolutely appreciated you being so open about something that's really like taboo on the internet because I know there are people that genuinely just like want to be able to hear that are maybe nervous about asking people about their experience or whatnot. So we just appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story and what your breast augmentation um, journey looked like and just sharing it and being so open. So something that we like to ask every one of our guests on the podcast is what uh, is one thing or piece of advice that people can take away from your story? I honestly would say just, you have to keep showing up. No matter if you're an influencer with 4,000 followers, um, or if you're just, you know, know, a mom who is just starting on your fitness journey and you've only got 300 Facebook friends. If you want to share something that makes you feel good. Like, Hey, I went to the gym today or, Hey, I chose, you know, a grilled chicken salad instead of uh, Chick-fil-A waffle fries. Good for you. Post that and feel good about it. And don't worry about what people are going to say. Don't worry about other people's opinions. Just keep moving forward. Like one of my favorite Disney movies from a while ago was meet the Robinson. And there is a little inventor kid on there and his like hashtag or slogan is keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. And I promise at the end of it, you'll look back and you'll see those comments didn't affect you and you kept moving forward and you're so glad that you didn't give up. So that's amazing advice. Shay, this has been amazing having you on here. We are so thankful for you. Um, let the people know as well where they can find you on socials so you can inspire them and they can see all of your fun stuff because you are you're the social media queen and you are all over. We love it. Thank you. Okay, so I really love, as much as I get hate on Instagram, I love Instagram um, for whatever reason. That is just my, my favorite um, my favorite space to be on on the internet is at Shayster. And I know it sounds weird, but it's my first name, S-A-J-Y-E-S-T-E-R. So an old nickname from elementary school. Um, but I also have um, on Facebook, I'm Shay Harrington. And on TikTok, I don't, I don't do TikTok very much because they come for me a little harder on there and they're a little... They're a little more aggressive. I don't know if it's just a different generation. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little old for the TikTok, <laughs> but I'm, uh, I think I'm Shay Things on TikTok, but I also have ShayThings.com. There's a lot happening on there, mostly Advocare stuff, but I've got all my links on, uh, on my Instagram for my link tree. So you can find all my social sites, all my websites, all my Shay Things are on there. Love it. Well, we also love Instagram. That's personally my favorite uh, little deal because I feel like social media is like can be such a bad thing, but it can also be such a good tool. It's like anything, like anything in this world can be bad or can be good. It's just how you use it. And uh, we're really thankful for your Instagram because we feel like you're using it for the good and we love following you. Oh, Thank you so much. I'm so glad I got to listen to y'all's podcast and be friends with y'all. Like literally, I don't know how we ended up at the same table. It- was it Casa Rosa? 
but we had like 50 people there and they were just like, all right, we need nine people come sit at this table. And I was like, okay, well, y'all are cute. I'm so glad I got this table. And then Instagram friends later, here we are. Yeah, here we are. See, and this is, this is a wonderful example of like how amazing social media is too. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we may have met one time in a, in a social setting, but yeah, having social media keeps us all connected. So it was definitely the right place at the right time because I didn't even like I didn't even get to order anything good. I was like, I'll have a pile of fajita meat and a a sugar free Red Bull and a water, lots of water. And y'all are looking at everyone at the table is looking at me, but y'all are both looking at me like, hell yeah, girl, you get that, you get that seventy five hard. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> No, we're so proud of you. And you have to keep us posted on how the rest of 75 hard goes. I know that you've been going through it, getting, yes. getting everything done. I know you were a little sick after Nashville and mm-hmm. that just makes 75 hard 10 times worse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're rooting for you. Yeah. It's almost done. I'm like so close. I think I have like 14 days left and I'm so excited. Like I, I just, I need more books. I have to go to the bookstore and buy books now. That's my, my only hold up. <laughs> I don't know if Christina's writing it, reading it, but um, The Power of One More by Ed Milet, 10 out of 10. Oh, I love him. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm- it's his new book. He just came out with it. Okay. I'm going to buy it right now. I'm going to hang up. Bye. <laughs> love it. Hashtag influence. It was hashtag influence with a, a Lululemon crossbody bag. So Yes. Was that you that got the bag? Because um, Kennedy influenced me. She had a bag on too. But Kennedy influenced me to get another book that I already like sped through within like two days. So I was like, hashtag influenced. <laughs> I love it. We're all hashtag influenced here. I love yes. it. Social yes. media, man. That's what well, we're here for. We've had so much fun today. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll go ahead and get things wrapped up. But um, as always, stay tuned for a new episode next Wednesday. And thank you all so much for joining us today. We'll see you next week. Bye.